The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davison, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Very glad to have you with me on this Thursday. And uh, if you have been reading Deadline Detroit on a regular basis over the past several months, you no doubt have been following uh, the saga at Beaumont Health System as they have gone through all kinds of turmoil over the course of the last year. And the person that has been reporting all of that to you is Eric Starkman. He's a blogger. His blog is Starkman Approved, but his work has also, of course, been in Deadline Detroit this whole time following this complete deal. And there's some new details that are emerging just in the last couple of days. And I wanted to make sure uh, that you as my audience had an opportunity to check out what's going on. Eric, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think there are a lot of people working at Beaumont Health System that would be cheered by some of the news uh, that uh, we've got some significant uh, bloodletting taking place over there at the top of the of the pyramid. Uh, You've got now, of course, uh, you know, Carolyn Wilson, who's the COO and the chief medical officer, David Wood, who are leaving in September, uh, but not necessarily for the reason that I think a lot of the employees might have wanted. That's true. You know, they're leaving because the uh, spectrum's taking over. And the, the, I, my understanding is that the, the motivation here is to clear the deck so that the new CEO from Spectrum doesn't have to come in and appear like a hatchet woman and fire all these people. So, well, and, and do we know anything yet about uh, the compensation packages for these two as they're showing the door? Um, is this an opportunity for uh, the CEO there to to give them a soft landing uh, as opposed to something that might appear a little bit more difficult after the merger takes place? I have no doubt about that, um, but we'll never know. Uh, you know, if it's disclosed at all, it'll be buried somewhere in a 990 filing probably a year or two from now and we're there's you know Beaumont's like Michigan there's not much transparency (laughs) sure no uh, understood um you know you found this out a couple of weeks ago that these uh high profile departures were going to get started and and I think the interesting thing that you're pointing out that a lot of people might not realize is that this is sort of like uh almost like a sports team prepping itself for sale by getting rid of all the high-priced talent and, and uh, all the good people on the roster so that, uh, you know, it's a more attractive purchase for somebody. Uh, it seems to be very, very similar. You know, that's a very astute observation, but what I've come to appreciate is that since John Fox has arrived in 2006, that's all he's been doing is preparing this hospital for sale. You know, he's been, you know, very aggressive profit margins and, you know, making it an attractive property for people to buy. And when he announced the Advocate Aurora deal, he admitted, he said, you know, I've already, you know, looked at more than a hundred combinations. So that's what he was spending his time on. And uh, there was a quote in uh, Cranes Detroit 
uh, it was an anonymous quote, but it, you know, two people said that uh, you know the chairman John Lewis had you know was had said had told the board he said, look, this is what we hired the guy to do. So, and that's what he did. You know, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out though, Eric, what is so important for Beaumont when it comes to finding a partner, a merger partner here, or a takeover partner for that matter, um, because it certainly seems as if Spectrum is going to be calling the shots in this deal, just as Advocate Aurora would have been had that deal gone through. Why is Beaumont so concerned about finding this partner? Well, the, the answer to that question is very different today than it was a year ago. You know, a year ago, there was no reason to find a partner. You know, the studies are very compelling. You know, hospitals don't get, get better when they merge. They get worse. The quality of patient, the patient prices go up and the quality of care goes down. And that's pretty consistent in every study I've seen. In fact, I've never seen a study dispute that. So that's quite consistent. There was no reason that Beaumont needed to. The, the rationale that you know, investment bankers whisper in, you know, CEO's head is you need to get bigger in order to survive because of technology and um, economies of scale, but hospitals are people. That's at the end of the day, it's the quality of the people, you know, technology, you know, you can, the the cost of technology is actually going down. You can buy some great technology off the shelf. You don't have to go and develop your own technology. So, it's, but, you know, you do these mergers, you know, John Fox has a change of control uh, clause in his contract. He will be well compensated when he sells the institution. Eric Starkman, my guest right now, we're talking about the latest news from Beaumont in which uh, two of their top ranking officers have been let go or will be leaving in September in anticipation of a merger uh, with Spectrum Health over on the west side of the state. Uh <sighs> You know, I, I take a look at this, and one of the things you've been highly critical of over the last couple of years of covering this stuff for us has been what Beaumont has been willing to do to their reputation uh, as an institution in order to make this a palatable sale target here. Um, and, and you know, there's been a number of stories that we've looked at about the quality of care, especially amongst the anesthetists uh, contract that they have. Um, and, and I'm looking at this. And as somebody just watching from the outside, I'm looking at this thing. Well, maybe Spectrum will be better in this situation. But it was just a few years ago where Beaumont was thought to be the pinnacle of care in Michigan. Well, Beaumont was. I mean, I, I would think you know U of M's uh, Michigan Medicine would argue that they're the pinnacle. Well, of- I, I, I'm, I'm, I get what you're saying, but at least uh, from a marketing standpoint, I mean, they position themselves as being the standard do you have a beaumont doctor i mean and they were brilliant at at that stuff and it sank in so that the region here looked at beaumont as being sort of like a a cut above some of the other local institutions outside of the university of michigan it was it was a great definitely ranked among the top 50 regional hospitals in the country and it gave an opportunity for people in southeastern michigan they didn't have to drive to ann arbor or cleveland to get top flight medical care and and there's some areas of Beaumont that are as good or better than Michigan Medicine. Like their orthopedics uh, was ranked 11th best in the country by U.S. News and World Report. I mean, this was a world-class hospital. And and to, to see what it's dealing with now is, is really, uh, I think, shocking for a lot of people who've sort of looked at it to be the sort of the stable place. 
in the region here. And it's, it's not that at this point in time. Um, yeah. I, I do want to talk a little bit about though, the reaction within the hospital system itself to the news uh, that Fox uh, and, and that these changes were being made at the top here, Carolyn Wilson um, and Fox, uh, Dr. Uh, or excuse me, Dr. David Wood. Uh, you called it a rare joyous moment, uh, but it seems to me that this may be sort of short lived in terms of the joy here. You know, I think, People at Beaumont are just numb at this point. I mean, look what they've gone through in the last few years. You know, they've seen great colleagues that were world-class all leave the hospital. You know, they were told that they were merging with Advocate Aurora. That didn't happen. There was the the Cleveland, the Akron deal, or the Summa Health deal. That didn't happen. I think there's kind of a sense that like whoever shows up and says they're the boss, <laughs> they'll be the boss, you know? And, you know, it was kind of bittersweet, you know, uh, uh, Carolyn Wilson and uh, David Wood departure. It was pretty much expected. Nobody really um, expected them to play major roles in the spec, you know, when spectrum took over and it just to be clear, you know, Beaumont likes to call it a merger and their PR guy likes to call it a partnership, but this is a takeover. You know, I don't think there'll be one senior executive from Beaumont's management part of the new team. I, I can't figure out, you know, I only have a few left the head of HR, the chief nursing officer. She commutes from Atlanta. I can't imagine she's going to want to go up to Grand Rapids. Uh, it's going to be a harder commute. Um, so I think there's just like people say, whatever happens at this point, there's nothing more we can do. I think it's more of a fatalistic uh, reaction. Well, you know, I, I I think that there for some people, there maybe was a, a glimmer of hope that that, you know, this would at least be looked at a little bit more carefully. You know, the Biden administration has signaled that they are at least interested in checking the validity of some of these mergers and whether or not they're actually going to be good for care. But it may just be that lip service. Uh, we don't know if they're going to actually scrutinize this. Uh, you've been quite critical of, of a lot of elected officials about their unwillingness to really scrutinize these potential merger deals. And it's not just here in Michigan. This is happening all over the country. You know, that's a, a really good point. And, you know, I would never bet against John Fox. <laughs> it's just like guys like him, they always seem to come out on top. But it's always possible that um, the FTC could come out and say, we're going to review this and we're not going to have it done by September. And, it, you know, Fox is planning to be gone by October and – now, that's possible. And, I, you know, one person I'm really critical about is Dana Nessel, the attorney general. And, you know, I was thinking last night, there is one scenario where she might want to get involved. And that's if, if it turns out that, you know, uh, President Biden really means business about these hospital mergers and the national media starts picking up on that. You know, there was a uh, a study that was released yesterday that, you know, I can't believe that it didn't get, get a lot of national attention, but the amount of healthcare debt in America is up to $140 billion. That's a lot of debt for you know, trying to stay alive and get healthcare. And 
if the momentum starts shifting and the national media starts focusing on on healthcare issues, you know, Dana Nessel, you know, she she makes her decisions according to TV. So if a CNN producer calls her up and say, we're doing a story about the the growing uh, political pressure to regulate hospitals, like Dana Ness will be right there and saying, yeah, we're going to look at this Beaumont spectrum deal. But, you know, I don't know how serious Joe Biden is. You know, he, you know, paid a lot of lip service to unions and right to people to organize but he's never said anything about healthcare workers organizing. And, you know, that's the fastest growing area of unionization right now. Oh, especially in the nursing ranks. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, obviously, and, and Beaumont's just been through that in the last uh, several months. So, uh, but Eric, I mean, you make a good point here at the end of, of the story that ran and uh, that's on deadline Detroit right now, as a matter of fact, if people want to read it, but uh, you suggest that the Federal Trade Commission could actually take a look at this, start asking some questions uh, and maybe slow things down a little bit. But you point out that by firing everybody, Fox has created a situation where this is basically a rudderless ship. He cannot run everything by himself. You need people in those positions and, and you could potentially have some interim people. But this may give him an excuse to look for some sort of emergency approval. Uh, and and I, I love the line you use here. It says he could argue that Beaumont can't survive on its own because it has no management to run it, a la the proverbial little boy who kills his parents and then asks the court for mercy because he's now an orphan. Uh, that is a strange situation that's that's there in there right now. And if Fox is planning on being out of there by October, I mean, what's the fastest this thing could happen anyway? Yeah, I'm shocked that they think that they can get this all done by October. You know, supposedly there's going to be a due diligence, but... You know, we don't know the terms of the deal. And it, it shocks me that that's not an issue in southeastern Michigan. Like, there's a $3.5 billion reserve that Beaumont has. That technically belongs to the community. It doesn't belong to John Fox. And what's going to happen with that $3.5 billion? It's obviously going to get merged into the big institution. But what is southeastern Michigan getting in return for giving up that $3.5 billion? And nobody knows. Well, and you know, again, it used to be that there was thorough, thorough review of, of you know, any type of hospital construction, addition or reduction in beds in any community. Uh, there was a lot of scrutiny as to which hospitals occupied which territory in the state. You didn't want to have, you know, uh, people overlapping into each other's territories too often. That that seems to be completely out the window now. I I don't know what's happened to Michigan. You know, it's just hospitals don't seem to be regulated. There's been all sorts of incidents at Beaumont that I would have thought uh, Dana Nessel would have investigated. There, there was an incident in Spectrum that I thought she would have investigated. I don't know if you saw it. A bunch of OBGYN residents were playing uh, The Price is Right with body parts and uh, holding them up on uh, social media. And uh, I never heard of anything like that happening. And I would have thought Dana Nessel would have been in there about patient confidentiality violations. But, you know, healthcare isn't her thing. And uh, it's it's really sad. And I, I, I really believe you, you've been around Michigan, so you know who Frank Kelly was. You know? Sure. Absolutely. If Frank Kelly was alive, Beaumont would be a very different institution today. 
Well, I mean, again, that $3.5 billion that they have in reserve is indeed a nice prize for anybody that gets involved. And, and I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out how, how they, I looked on both pages, right? Uh, and they're talking about taking the first steps towards a merger and, and just, it, it's all the flower talk. Like it's going to improve care and, and it's going to, you know, hopefully lead to reductions in costs, hopefully. Uh, but they're saying, you know, for Michigan, by Michigan. And so now Beaumont seems to care that they have a Michigan based partner like that's somehow going to make it more palatable uh, to the people in the system. But there is no detail on any of these sites as to exactly what this is going to mean uh, in terms of costs, uh, whether or not they are going to indeed have dual headquarters. This information doesn't really exist out there other than in some sort of, uh, I guess, nebulous form at this point. You know, that's a really astute observation. You know, the the press release that they put out announcing the merger for Michigan by Michigan or whatever that corny slogan was, you, you couldn't put out that press release for any deal. You know, just, <laughs> there was nothing in it. You know, it was just a bunch of PR speak. It was pretty shameful, actually. And, you know, there's no specifics. And, uh you know, the studies show quite the contrary. And, you know, you know, if you look at uh, Tina Fries-Decker's, you know, her bio, it says her biggest uh, priority is um, uh, diversity. And, you know, I reported on this that, you know, the African-American employees actually retained a lawyer to explore whether they have enough grounds to, you know, sue for systemic racism. So, what she says and what she does is two different things. Well, and I should remind folks, Tina Friesdecker is the president and CEO at Spectrum Health uh, in the Grand Rapids-based health system that is looking to uh, merge or potentially take over the Beaumont health system. Eric Starkman uh, is my guest. Again, uh, you can find him at Starkman Approved. That is his blog. But also his work on uh, Beaumont and the health system has uh, all those pieces have been on Deadline Detroit, including the latest, which was posted yesterday. Uh, the title of this one, Bloodbath at Beaumont, COO Carolyn Wilson and top doctor ousted, chief quality officer resigns. Uh, again, they're even admitting that they're taking the first steps at this point. Uh, they say that they can get the deal done by October 1st. Again, I I, I don't see this because if you're going to ensure a, a uh, seamless transition, which is what Fox is saying he's going to do and then he's going to exit. Um, I'm sorry, but this is two months. This is a massive deal. Companies don't come together this quickly and the two cultures just mesh perfectly. If he's going to actually ensure something, you'd think that he'd stick around for a year or so, because that's about how long these things take. <laughs> you, you're much more charitable in your view than I am. <laughs> uh, no, that's a so, minimum. I mean, you know, at least at least make the appearance that you're not just trying to ditch town with a big sack of money. Uh, I don't think he cares. Um, that's my sense. I've, I've never met John Fox. I've never spoken with him, but that's my sense. And, you know, in some ways it's an easy merger because Spectrum's basically taken over Beaumont. You know, they don't have to fight who's going to be the COO and who's going to be the chief medical officer. John Fox is taking care of that. <laughs> you know, they, they can come in and start running the show right away, pretty much unfettered. Um, but still, two months is uh, a pretty quick turnaround to pull off a merger like this. 
Well, it, it is. And and one of the points that I want to make to anybody who's listening to this right now is why this is so important. Because a lot of people just, they don't think about the hospital. They don't think about the healthcare industry, but just some numbers here. If this merger is completed, we're talking that they're going to be operating 22 hospitals, 305 outpatient locations, 64,000 employees. And again, there's another 7,500 affiliated, independent and employed physicians. So, I mean, we're talking 70,000 people here, just about, uh, that are employed by this company. So for us not to pay attention to it would be a dereliction of duty, I think. And, and frankly, I don't think there's enough people that really pay attention to this industry as a whole. So this stuff's been allowed to go on for a long time. It has. And it's, um, I think it's a reflection of the leadership of Michigan. And I think it's on both sides of the aisle. You know, like the Republicans aren't. Uh, you know, making this a, you know uh, a, a, a platform for themselves either. You know, it's like everybody is just comfortable with the status quo of like healthcare can do what they want. Well, and and again, you know, if you take a look at the studies and and you point a couple of them out in your story, uh, this doesn't necessarily lead to lower patient care costs. Uh, in fact, most of these mergers actually lead to increases in costs and pretty significant increases in costs for the patients uh, at them. Um, and so if this is going to be billed as something that's going to save money or, you know, provide better patient care, it, it's tough to say that that's the case. Um, it's, it's You can promise a lot, but it doesn't mean it's actually going to come to fruition. Um, you seem somewhat resigned that this is a done deal. Uh, is there anything that you could see that could derail it at this point? Well, the FTC could uh, derail, derail it. Yeah, um, they could just say they could say right out they're not going to approve it. I doubt that they would do that. But uh, you know, I don't understand. You've got, by the way, the CFO of Spectrum on the record saying not only does he see no benefits to this deal, it could lead to massive financial losses. Now, this is a guy. He's one of the people that made Spectrum what it is today. <laughs> you know, it's like he was there a long time, and he ran their uh, insurance business as well. So he knows that company well. And to take the stand that he did in Grand Rapids was pretty brave on his part. You know, it's a pretty tight knit town. Oh yeah. And to write an open letter to the board questioning their judgment. It was pretty harsh language, too. He says, you guys are going to be held accountable. (laughs) Well, here's the line from uh, this is a story that you posted on deadline on the 25th of June. So it's about about a month old at this point. But it says, when you sign the documents that will permanently change this region, your signature will forever hold you accountable for the repercussions. And again permanently change the region. This is something that nobody is really talking about and it doesn't get the attention that it deserves Um, because, you know, the healthcare system, it it means so much when it comes to how people perceive your state, how attractive you are to companies, how attractive you are to potential residents. It means a lot to have a functioning healthcare system. That is something that is of high, high quality. Uh, It's not something to be messed with. You know, it's, it's such an astute point. You know, when Amazon was looking to for their second headquarters, you know, quality of healthcare and quality of education were two high uh, measurements that they used. And Michigan doesn't rank high. Uh, you know, CNBC just came out with the rankings, the best states to do business in. And uh, 
they gave Michigan a D for education and a C plus for medical. And I got to imagine that that ranking is based on some older data that if you really updated and included the state of Beaumont today, they wouldn't even get a C plus. So it's bad for Michigan. Well, it is. And, and I, here's the thing that, that I, the biggest red flag for me, uh, especially in that piece that you had from Michael Freed, again, the former CFO at Spectrum, who basically said he doesn't trust the financial statements from Beaumont. Well, it's, you know, make them public. You know, they, everything, you know, there's no transparency there. You know, they put out these little nuggets. They say, here's our reserve. Here's the top line numbers, but they're not subject to scrutiny. And, it's been going on for years and, you know, you don't, you know, the, the political leader in Royal Oak is uh, Andy Levin, you know, and where's he? This is happening in his own district. You know, I, I can tell you where he is. He was down in Alabama helping the Amazon workers unionize where like, you know, the nurse anesthetists at Beaumont Royal Oak were trying to unionize and he didn't offer them any help. And, What's interesting is they ended up unionizing and the workers in Amazon and Alabama, they didn't uh, follow his advice and <laughs> chose not to unionize. <laughs> well, there, there is a little irony there for sure. All right, Eric Starkman, we appreciate your time. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, I really appreciate the fact that you have been keeping on this as much as you have, because it is hugely important. It may not sound that exciting to people. They may not understand why it matters, but it has such a huge impact on the region and when you consider that the healthcare system is the largest employer in the country, uh, it's really, really important uh, that people pay attention to this because it, it's it's getting weirder and weirder by the day. I appreciate you having me on and trying to keep the story alive and high profile. All right. We appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. And this is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. I really do appreciate all of your support. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, it's important that you share it, that you rate this podcast, and that, of course, you subscribe to this podcast. It all helps. And the more sponsors we get, the more interviews we can do, the more shows I can put together. And I certainly do uh, want to make sure that you are enjoying what you're listening to. So if you have suggestions, you can reach out to me. The Craig Folly Show at gmail.com. Again, that's the Craig Folly Show at gmail.com. You can get through to me that way. It's very, very easy to do. And you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, just about anywhere. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Looking for the latest news and information about our great city of Detroit? Head to DeadlineDetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com membership.